It's our final episode of the year, so get to ho-ho-hoing, motherfuckers. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. <laughs> Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride on a one-horse open sleigh. Hey! Jingle bell. It's <laughs> the most drab Christmas carol I've ever heard. If you Honestly, t- I, was, I was kind of expecting you to change the words, which is why I didn't say anything. Uh, I if was you, thinking about it. But if you shut up at my door singing that way, spot. I'd throw snow at you. Would you? We don't even have any snow. Where are you going to get snow? Are you gonna, she'll just go make shade ice in your freezer until you have chunks of ice to throw at me. No, I'll just throw ice at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. What episode is this? 110? 109? 110. 110. Jesus 110. Christ. 110. 110. Is that nine more than there were Dalmatians? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Math. How does it work? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. How are we doing today? Good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling you look, good. You look very festive in your hat, Alex. I, I know. I have so I have my beanie on with a big pom pom, and I'm trying to figure out a way to keep my headphones secure while also while wearing, the beanie. wearing my beanie because <laughs> my hair is wet. <laughs> it's cold out. <laughs> oh, what did, what did you just get out of the shower? Yeah. There's something to think about, fans. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. How about you, Sammy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's not very woke of you, Palmer. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm like three days away from my Christmas vacation. Oh, three Christmas days away. Staycation. So what do you, you? What you have to go to work on Monday and then? Yeah, work on Monday and then like a half day on Tuesday. Ooh, Ooh bummer. Ooh. Ooh. Just have a kid, and then you get three months off. I actually don't actually six. sleep. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Holy Ooh. shit! How do you live your life without children? <laughs> it's pretty easy, actually. Must be very happily. Oh my goodness gracious! So we uh, we bought some tickets to go see the last podcast on the left because they're coming here to Richmond. They are. And, yeah, it's gonna be uh, right before my birthday. Tickets were what? How much? The cheap seats were twenty seven fifty, and that's like right. But we paid we we, we paid, paid what like forty? 30? It was forty seven dollars a ticket for okay. the ones that we got. Okay. But then how much were the fees? Twenty one twenty. Ooh. Per ticket. Per ticket. So like half the price of a ticket. So. Let's talk about convenience fees. Let's do talk about Let's that. Let's talk about convenience fees. Well, first fees. I want to conveniently get my fucking cat off my lap. Man, well, you, you Move, should be, <laughs> you're going to be charged a fee, but there I will your horses there. So. <laughs> what do they go to? We're trying to figure this out. We're trying to figure out why the fuck pockets. an advertised <laughs> price. Well, yeah, it's just like. They go into pockets. <laughs> is it just the company that hosts it needs to make money? I can understand, like, I assume. making a few dollars here and there. Like, because I, I, don't know, I don't know how much. Any of these companies make off the cost of the ticket itself. Right. They don't make anything off it. It's, it's like yeah, so uh, I'm assuming, movie theaters. Yeah, so I, I assume these convenience fees go towards overhead. Right. But you don't get charged a convenience fee for buying a movie ticket. And what exactly? If you, do, you do if you do online. Do you? Yeah. It's is not it, nearly as no, steep. No, it was like $3. Yeah, it's like 2 or 3 bucks. But okay. see, that's reasonable. I can... Yes. I can, I can Get behind paying two or three bucks because then I feel like okay, it's probably just going towards like server maintenance and the right. fact that you're offering this this service. Yes, the internet. Yes, 
to me, <laughs> but $21? Yeah. When they're already jacking up, it's going to be like 10 bucks per beer. Mm-hmm. Yep. If I want to drink some BLs with my boys... Yeah. That's going to cost you $22. That's going to cost me $150, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I think also that the fact that you can't, like, go pick up the ticket and have it be cheaper. You know what I mean? I mean, you can. But how much? You can go to the box office and and just buy it. And it'd be, like, how much cheaper? No, it's not that much cheaper, though, because we were going to do that for Silver Sun pickups, and it was, there wasn't much of a price to Is there still a convenience fee? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. To go in person and buy the fucking paper tickets. To go buy the tickets, yeah. To do the most, the least convenient thing, there's still a convenience fee. See, this shit's a racket, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's so dumb. Did you, are you. And there's no way to buy tickets. Like, most places don't even do, like, in person sales anymore. Like, you either buy your tickets in advance online or you hope that there's tickets available at the door when you get there. Yes. Well, see, that's the thing is it's just like, well, uh, how much higher are they going to rack these fees? Because it's literally... It's getting more and more me, expensive. It stopped me from going to a couple of different shows, right? Mm-hmm. Like, especially, like I, you know, I listen to a lot of metal. Yeah. I'm used to paying 15 bucks for a ticket, right? Or like 10 bucks for a ticket. And back when, back when we had venues like Strange Matter, when I knew it wasn't going to sell out and it wasn't going to be an issue, I'd just go buy them at the the door the night of. Yeah. And it would be flat out 10 or 15 bucks. Yeah. There were, there have been a handful of bands that have come through the area where their tickets are still like 15 to 20 bucks. And the convenience fees are more expensive than the ticket. But the convenience fee brings it up to 35 or 40. Yeah. I'm not going to pay that kind of money. No. I just don't understand what the point of it is. Like you're already charging me an arm and a leg for the, for the alcohol. Mm-hmm. So the venue's making its money off the alcohol. Yes. It's making its money off the food sales. Yes. And and unfortunately, unlike places like the Broadberry or what used to be Strange Matter or some of the other venues in town, the National is actually like really difficult to bring anything into. Well, yeah, but like with Strange Matter, they actually did make a portion off the ticket sales because they didn't really, like you could buy fucking $2 beers over at Strange Matter. Yeah. Uh, and they actually had good food too, even though it was all vegan. Vegan, yeah. Um, <laughs> but they, it was it wasn't it was pretty good food. Yeah. Uh, and now we're just stuck with like the the smaller venues that Richmond used to be like really well known for are slowly evaporating. I can think of three. There's like three and prominent one of them open in the last like six months. There's like three prominent ones left still, right? Like we've There's, got Wonderland, we've got the Camel, we've got. And Fuzzy Cactus, yeah. or whatever it's called. The new one that's over in Northside. Yeah. And those those have swallowed up a lot of the acts that used to go to stuff like Strange Matter and yeah. stuff like that. I guess Broadberry is sort of... They're, they're a weird like, in-between, yeah. right? Because there used to be... Uh, what the hell is that one that's over in the slip? Or used to uh, be over Toad's in... Toad's Place. Yeah. That turned into... Something else. Something else. Yeah. Because uh, I saw Between the Buried and Me there. Yep. Uh, and that seems like, it seems like Broadberry has taken over what that was, right? It's a little bit bigger than what Toad's Place used to be. No, Toad's Place was really big. Was it? Yeah, I don't remember Toad's it being Place was real big. big. Oh, okay. I don't remember it being that big. Um, but Broadberry sort of assumed that, and then we've got the National. The Hat Factory. That's and then, what of course, we've yes. got the fucking... Uh, Altria. Uh, yeah, Altria. The uh, fucking... At Norva, if you want to drive a little bit, yeah, that's where, that's where Tool Alex took me comes. to see Tool. Yeah, that's right. um, <laughs> so those are like the bigger venues. But what are the what the hell does the National have? I get like I feel like I just saw Kevin Smith there, and the yeah. the, the surcharge for it wasn't that bad. Is it adjusted by what is the, what 
what you're going to see or is it I don't know the is the last amount? podcast on the left really worthy of bringing in ticket fees that cost <laughs> yeah. twice the amount of what you would pay for their actual ticket yeah I don't know well as we discussed they're celebrity podcast celebrities which are <laughs> the, the lowest of the low when it comes to celebrities it is it is your like, bottom I tier I don't care how many fucking millions of views you get a week or listens, listens. you get a week I'm actually I'm gonna look up real quick just to see what the price difference is for the convenience fees if we do like the VIP tickets I wonder if it's the same. Oh, if it's the same amount. Oh, I amount. bet it is. It's exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it so is. it's not even percentage based, which means if you're getting the twenty seven dollar ticket, you're paying double, double because of the convenience yeah. fee. So really, what they're doing is they're fucking the little man. Absolutely. 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 Weird. That's like it so almost if, never if I got happened. the cheapest, if I got the cheapest tickets available, which are twenty seven fifty. Okay. Suddenly, you're paying twice as much per okay, ticket. Okay, so the convenience fees are based on the cost of the ticket. It's twelve dollars. So a $27 ticket turns into a $40 ticket. You know what? Which is ridiculous. Yes. Say what you will about Kid Rock. Okay. But that motherfucker pays all the community fees out of pocket. That's right. Does he really? Yeah, for all of his shows. Huh. And and he pays the venue to host him, so they they lower their beer prices for, for his shows. Kid Rock does pay to play? <laughs> he, really? makes enough, he makes enough money. Yeah, yeah. yeah, why not? He makes enough money. Say Wait, what you will about the motherfucker. Pay to go see Kid Rock? I don't know about it anymore, but <laughs> but he used to. I remember reading that and being like, when he's not beefing with Oprah. <laughs> maybe you're, it, it was like, what the fuck is that meme where it's just like maybe he's not all bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you just read about stuff like that, but I just don't understand it. Like I don't okay. understand the point of it. And no. it just when do you start saying no? Like when are more people gonna start being like, you know what, I'm just not gonna go. Right. Well we bitched and moaned about these convenience fees for I don't know, probably fifteen minutes and we also bought tickets. We did. We did. Yeah. We did do that. Well technically Sam bought the tickets. Yeah. Venmo me, I friends. Haven't, I haven't yet to Venmo him. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking well you only have to Venmo me for one. Palmer's gotta Venmo me for two. But I feel like I should have to Venmo less. <laughs> Just the cost of the ticket. Yeah. I have to eat the convenience yeah. fees. Was it was only convenient for you. <laughs> yeah. It's not convenient no, for see, us. I, now I think what I need to do is charge you guys a convenience fee for having put this on my card. No, I didn't have you to. motherfucker. <laughs> so it's a pyramid scheme. That's what this is. Yeah. It's, it really it's is what that is. It really is. So like, it makes me wonder, though, Like, all right, if they have roadies or something like that, is that how they pay them? No, they or, should be paying their own damn roadies. Right, that's what I think. Like, you should be making that off your ticket sales, yeah. right? So, like, I think it goes to... Where the fuck is this convenience fee money going? Whoever, Straight into the company's the pocket. Who owns the national? Whoever that is, they're getting it. So that's probably part of it. I'm assuming that, like, the, the convenience fee gets split somehow between the company you're buying the tickets from uh-huh. and then the venue. Yes. All right. Like, the head that, of I, the venue, not the people who work at the venue. Yeah. Listeners with more knowledge than us, yes. write in and let us know if you know why. Not speculation, not not some bullshit. Don't, don't email us and be like, convenience fees are there because they have to, you know, be convenient. No, something. it either has because to be factually correct I'll, or a full-blown conspiracy I theory. I swear to yeah, God, here, here. I will fucking submit your email address to every porn spam I can think of <laughs> if you write some bullshit to us. I want to know the real reason here. He wants to know the real reason. I want to know the real reason. Or the conspiracy. Or the conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> but it better be a damn good what, conspiracy. What lizard people are getting our money and what are they doing with Is it? Is it the Illuminati, you guys? I don't know. Is somebody covering their eye? Are they doing the power triangle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Watch this all have something to do with Alicia Owen. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. 
You guys ready to talk about this week's horror headlines? Yes. All right, let's do this. All right. It's quite a week this week. Might have to do with the fact that it's, you know, right before the holidays and everything and and whatnot. But I've still found some really great hard-hitting stuff (laughs) that you're absolutely going to want to hear us talk about. (laughs) Tell us more. Uh, Let's start off with the horror box office. It's been a little while since we did a horror box office. Uh, Universal Pictures and Blumhouse. uh, Their recent release of Black Christmas, which we will be talking about this week as our main event. Uh, <laughs> it's it's faced an abysmal release. Mm. Uh, it brought in a measly seven point five two million in total, with four point four two of that coming domestically and three point one million coming from overseas. Uh, the film's budget was only five million, which means it's only got to make another like eight million for it to be in the black. But right now, mm. it is a red Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. It's a massive disappointment for the studios, no matter how you slice it. But did uh, you see what their initial projections were for this? Yeah, no. ten million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. $10 million opening weekend was their projection. Ooh. And then it made 1.5 on opening night. And they were like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. slash, those, slash those projections in half. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I can't help but wonder if this was kind of like to be expected, at least from the horror community. Because it seems like there was no hype for this film from anybody like on blogs, Mm-mm. online, they like did a even internally on this podcast. In the last month, though. Like, did I just don't they? Know yeah, I saw a bunch of their commercials. Where? On Hulu? No, I mean, on TV. On cable? Yeah. I hmm. think that the people who this movie were targeted, like, who, who this movie was targeted to, aren't the ones who go watch horror movies around Christmas. Yeah, yeah I feel like you're, you're pulling this, uh, like you're targeting it towards horror fans. Are you? I think you're targeting towards college women. I think that's what they're attempting to do, but uh-huh. they're like, not, they didn't do that successfully. Okay. So it's uh, just people who... Uh, Recognize it. Yeah, who's going to go see it? The people who know what it is. Right, but then at the same time, it's rated PG 13, doesn't look very good. That's yeah. why people, yeah. I, I don't know. I just don't. This, this movie's a mess. Do you think it would have done better if it had come out in October? No, I think. Not with the name Black Christmas. This is this is something we'll. we'll Address Delve later into. once we get into the main event, but I think it would have been it would have been more successful if they didn't go with the name Black Christmas. Okay. Um, Bloody Disgusting offered up a bit of a comparison between this and the 2006 remake of the film. Um, Dimensions remake of Black Christmas ended up with 16.2 million domestic on opening weekend back in huh. 2006, pulling in 21.5 million worldwide, which is a lot of money considering most people don't like that movie. Did that one come out at Christmas as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, a lot of people don't like that movie, but it seems like there's there's actually quite a, few, a lot of people that do. It's it's garnered quite a following. Yeah, it in seems. the last in the last decade, it's definitely. Uh, yeah, up. there's a lot of people that really appreciate the hell out of that movie now, which baffles me. Um, next up, Capcom registers a new trademark for Dino Crisis. Take this with a grain of salt because it happens all the fucking time. <laughs> um, but considering the success of the recent uh, Resident Evil remakes. There might be something exciting to come out of this. A Japanese Twitter account dedicated solely to letting the public know when Japanese companies create new <laughs> trademarks has tweeted out that Capcom's recent rounds of trademarks uh, slash renewals uh, slash slash whatever the fucks um, include Dino Crisis. Uh, it's probably just a formality, but I don't know. Hold on to your butts, boys. This could be the, this could be it. This could be it. And Darkstalkers. 
And Darkstalkers. That could be interesting, too, if they brought that from the grave. I don't know how that Which would is on sale in the Steam users. Winter Sale right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know. There's just, I think there's just too much cleavage. It's like the Dead or Alive series nowadays. People are like, it's a meme. Yeah. So I just want to talk about this Twitter account you said that yes. just tweets when Japanese companies. It's literally a Japanese Twitter account okay. that just translates the Japanese <laughs> trademarks okay. and puts it in English. Fascinating. <laughs> They're doing God's work. What a, what a great time to be alive. Right? <laughs> this is just fascinating information. Uh, next up, Ready or Not directors, uh, they're teaming up for a new horror comedy. Um, the group behind Ready or Not um, teaming up with Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the guys behind the Lego movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was really fucking good. Oh, was it? Really and all the Lego movies good. are really fucking good, too. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah, the Lego movies are actually Lego pretty movies great. great. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's shocking. I don't believe They're you. actually pretty good. Uh, but Spider-Man Into Spider-Verse, I don't know what I was expecting when I wa- sat down to watch that. That's Black what Spider-Man, I, right? What I got out of, yes. And what I got out of that was just a full-fledged story that tugged at the heartstrings. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Made you feel the feels? Made me feel the feels. It made me laugh. It made me cry. Oh, my it made goodness. Me, it was just the whole gamut of emotions <laughs> in an hour and a half run Was time. it like the first time you went to go see Cats? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that uh and i'm sure it will be captured when i go see it again the second time um so the project is being described as a unique bear driven horror comedy with heart this uh, sounds amazing yeah, right it's weird being, right it yeah. sounds weird yeah, yeah. it does it's, it's, weird. Okay. it's being pitched as a uh cross between good boys and the revenant which oh. Somehow makes it weirder. Yeah, but I'm in. I'm yeah. Pretty, yeah. Look, I mean, if, if Radio Silence does anything with these guys that is as unsuspectingly good as Ready or Not, like count me in. I'm on board. Yeah, they've they, won me over. They do some. They do some pretty good stuff. I really enjoyed their their bits in uh, Southbound and mm. VHS and stuff. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yep, yep. Um, so it looks like Jimmy Warden is going to be in charge of penning the script. While Lord and Miller will be in charge of producing the film for Universal, so we'll keep y'all. Lord and Miller detail. just sounds like a like clothing store. It does. It does. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Lord and Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, January sees Shutter getting a very unique cut of a childhood gem. I have to admit, I'm a little triggered by this. <laughs> did we talk about this last week, or we did, did we talk he about yelled it? At I yelled. I yelled about it before we were recording, though. or while we were recording. I, no, no, to like internally at the I, Christmas I party. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> he came to the Christmas party reing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so if you listen to this cast at all, you've you've probably found yourself wondering if I'm ever going to shut the fuck up about Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> the answer is a resounding no. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Uh, no, I won't. Uh, but, no, I won't. Yeah, more exciting news for, for people looking forward to checking out the unnecessarily gory disaster piece of a film. Uh, Shutter is picking up the rights and will start streaming the film's gore cut in January. According to the press release... The rated R gore cut of 1994's Tammy and the T-Rex was unearthed, restored, and brought to Cinemapocalypse earlier this year. And soon thereafter, it was released on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD by Vinegar Syndrome. Up next, the gory version of the 90s film is heading to streaming for the very first time. And naturally, you'll only find it on Shudder. Fans can check it out from the beginning. Or, sorry, beginning on January 13th. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, you know. so you can watch it, and then we can all watch it, and we can talk about it. Yeah. Or we can no, all just we, watch it together. Yeah, we promised Palmer that we'd <laughs> oh, watch no, sorry, it with I him. Oh, no, I meant we as in, like, the general public. Oh, yes, 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 yes. We'll see if it's if it's totally worth it, but I, I know it will be. The answer will, then will be Then when we... Yes. 
you know, end up doing it for an episode. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to happen. At least the people who are listening can also watch it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a Quiet Place 2 gets a 30-second teaser. Um, I really liked it. The teaser? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame that you went to get candy. I did. Oh, so you missed it in the theaters? I did. Uh, Damn it. Uh, you know how much I like watching A Quiet Place at West Tower. So I can, I, <laughs> I'm here to tell you, seeing it in the theater... That was an experience. Seeing it in the theater... <laughs> We got the exact same 30 sec. It was like the whole movie condensed into 30 seconds from when we saw it, the, the first one. Okay. Where like all of the super quiet, silent parts <laughs> are completely disrupted by, I can't say in this case, people opening candy because there were two other people in the theater <laughs> right, with us. Right, right. But all of the noise from the theaters on they both sides of Frozen us. Frozen next door. Yeah. Yeah. So like on one side of us, you hear just nothing but these fucking Disney Pixar songs or whatever. <laughs> While they're trying to stay as silent as possible in this <laughs> teaser, that's amazing. We got to go see a Quiet Place Two over at West Tower. Also, <laughs> it's got to happen. Yeah. Once we've experienced Shut Quiet up. Place One like that, you have to go yeah. see a Quiet Place Two in the exact same Some outdated paper thin walls. <laughs> yeah, yep. 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 God, what the fuck were they even showing next door? Just, I just remember hearing nothing but explosions. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was I some know. sort of action movie. I Maybe remember. Michael Bay had something out at the same time. Michael Bay produced the first one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, it kind of took the world by storm when it was released last last year, oh, right? Did, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, was it last year? Yeah, yes. it was last year. Um, it just feels weird saying last year when we're on the cusp of 2020, and I'm thinking last year refers to 2019 already. Right. Right. Yeah. 2018. Yes. Uh, the film created a rich world where monsters can hear your every move. Uh, while stalking a family that's just trying to survive. The last film was a harrowing experience. This one looks like it picks up right where the first film left off. A quick teaser shows Emily Blunt's character, Evelyn, as her bandaged foot, presumably uh, from the nail she stepped on, walks down the sand-ridden path. Uh, people that saw the original film will, will remember that they put the sand down on the pathways mm-hmm. to uh, muffle the footsteps, you know? But as Evelyn leads her family to a marked location on a map, she suddenly realizes that there is no more sand, no more shelter, and she must lead Only what's, dry left, leaves. what's left of her kin into literally uncharted territory. So it never occurred to me until now, uh, where the fuck did they get all this sand from? Uh, dude, they stole it, dude. From where, though? I don't the, know. The sand pile. Yeah, the sand pile. What if there's like a limestone pile like right by them or some shit? I don't know. I also didn't notice, and I, I would need to rewatch the trailer one more time, the mm. teaser. Was the baby there? Did yeah. she have the baby? She's Well, in the so in the still from the teaser, or just in the still from the movie, she's carrying the baby okay. on her chest. Okay. Um, Maybe that's the, why I didn't in notice In the teaser it. trailer. Yeah, it was only the three of them, I think, in the teaser trailer. But in the teaser trailer, it does not appear that... She's holding the baby. That's what I thought. Like in the tra- in the teaser, it looks like it's just her and yeah. the two older kids. But there the is the baby. There is a baby there, though. God damn! How hard would it be to be in a quiet place with a screaming ass baby? Right. <laughs> I mean, you'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. Your baby's fine. I'd be fine. <laughs> would be dead pretty quick. <laughs> I'll just leave the kid behind. Sorry, Atticus. Hey, Kelly. We'll yeah, try again. Good run, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I can bring my baby. I don't know that yours is invited. <laughs> Oh, man. The teaser has promised a full trailer to be released on New Year's Day. Uh, we won't have an episode planned around then, but you can be sure we will be talking about it on social media. So keep your eyes peeled. We're not doing the episode on the second, right? When do we come back? When do we come back? I don't know. Uh, now that we've opened up that floodgate? Yeah, yeah. Prob- I would... The, f- the fifth? Cool, cool. Wait, no. That's no. just December that I'm looking at. What am I talking about? 
So the ninth? Uh, yeah, we'll come back the ninth. Okay. We'll be back the ninth. Yeah, that still gives us four weeks in January. Perfect. So I think that's that works. You heard it here first, folks. Don't you love it when we talk logistics on this <laughs> on this podcast? Thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, 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 we've got some interesting stuff here, and this <clears> I picked <throat> out just for Alex. Yes. Because uh, Devin Sawa is getting ready to star in Death Rider, which is Glenn <laughs> Danzig's vampire spaghetti western. Yes, you heard that correct. Glenn, Glenn Danzig is doing a vampire spaghetti western. Hells, yeah. So are we thinking this uh, is going to be People haven't like, even seen his first movie yet. Are we thinking this is going to be like From Dust Till Dawn? Type I, that's of, kind of what I was thinking. Thing, just with Devin, pretty boy Devin Sawa. I don't know how you make a vampire spaghetti western that isn't From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. All I know is that uh, his other one has already been compared to The Room. And uh, take that as you will, I guess. Veronica was his other film. Um, apparently, it was just a giant mess. Which gets released next it. year on VOD. Yeah. People loved it. I can't wait to check that out. I fucking can't stand Glenn Danzig, but I have never been more <laughs> interested in seeing anything he's ever been a part of. <laughs> uh the film's already apparently close to wrapping production, which is also just baffling to me. How can this man get films off the ground, but but Todd McFarlane is still out there <laughs> struggling? Because Glenn's using his own money. I was going to say, yeah. his probably doesn't cost $20 million. Yeah, he's probably not asking for $20 million either. $20,000. Yeah. I'm saying. sorry, Devin saw was worth more than $20,000. All right. $30,000. All right. <laughs> 20 for Devin, 10 for the rest. <laughs> We're on a first name basis. Just yeah. Devin. The uh, the rest of the cast is being kept under wraps, but what we do know is that the score is already completed, and that everybody in the film is a bloodsucker. Uh, <laughs> Danzig said that the soundtrack has been completed for two years, and of course, it sounds almost exactly like an Ernio Mar- uh, Maricone track, but uh, Mar- Maricone, I don't know. What does this mean to us? I it it, <laughs> it means that Danzig is a weirdo. <laughs> okay. Uh, he told audiences Los, Los Angeles earlier this year, I guess, when, when he was doing the debut okay. of his other film, he talked about this. He said, I think I'm actually going to do a small part in the film, too. Great. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, everybody in the movie is a vampire, he added, so you won't have to wait around to see the vampire. They're all fucking vampires. I'm just, I'm so sold on this that it hurts. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even a huge Devin Sawa fan, but I will just, I'll be there. I'll be there. I hope that it's like Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> They're all glittering. Yeah. <laughs> When they stand and in the sun, they don't they don't burn, they glitter. <laughs> and sing. God, I hope so. And I really hope it's a musical. I, just, <laughs> I really do. I really do. It's just a vampire Wait, but that would mean you have to Western listen to Glenn Danzig sing. Uh, just talk. <laughs> just talk in, in an ominous tone. Yeah, right. My house <laughs> is gothic. His house is gothic. It is gothic. It is very Danzig. We were discussing this earlier. You can find a picture of his house can, online very if, easily. If everybody should search Glenn Danzig's house and just look at it and immediately think to themselves, yeah, that's this Glenn makes Danzig's sense. house. It's a, it's a nice gothic-looking craftsman with some, what do we say, vines crawling up on it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not very well kept. No, no, no. I think the term was a dilapidated. Dilapidated. Yeah. So yeah. his house is very much a reflection of himself. It is. Dilapidated and covered in vines. You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely correct about this one. Uh, that wraps it up for the horror headlines this week. 
<laughs> this is some thrilling information. What about this beautiful, beautiful poster? Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah, you sorry, want to sorry. talk about the color out of space. Yeah. And how it, I really just need to be on 15 different types of acid to watch this movie, apparently. It's looking very... The poster looks very Mandy-ish, Sam. Yeah. Would you agree? Very very 80s with the colors. Yeah. Hot pinks and neon blues and day glow. It looks day, like lots the, of day glow. Like the developers of Vice City threw up uh, just magenta all over well, a poster. You've got Nicolas Cage's face right there and all these splashes. It's kinda like an alien might have just done a money shot on Nicolas Cage's face. Yes. Right? Yes. There's a lot of splatter. A lot of splatter and a random horse head. I'm in. I like I mean it is very uh Lovecraftian, wouldn't you say? I don't know. Our it even has his. It even has his name on the poster. Ooh. Lovecraft. Yeah, H.P. Yeah. Lovecraft. Yeah. Color out of space. Ding. I am waiting for this movie to be a complete and utter disaster. Well, you're only gonna have wait. to wait six more weeks, buddy. Uh, it's coming. This is a VOD. No, thing, it's in right? theaters. Oh, is it coming to theaters? Is yeah. it really? It's got Nicolas Cage in it. It's definitely going to theaters. It won't be in theaters very long. Yeah, I get the feeling this is going to be like a... <laughs> One weekend a, only. We're sitting in the same theater we saw Mandy in. Like, <laughs> the Criterion? Yeah, the Criterion Theater. The <laughs> Three super, days only. The super snobby one where I take all their, their artificial butter and pour it all over my popcorn and look yeah, at that guy dead in the eyes while I do it. Taunt take him, that, you snobby taunt bitch. Him. And he's probably just like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Sam. Yes. What do we got for now, Sling? I got a couple things and then one special, maybe horror-related side note. It is. Is it a side note or is it the full frontal note? Full frontal note. Maybe some side boob note. Oh, there you go. Side boob note. Carry on. (laughs) Add that one to the uh, list of... (laughs) Of Alex no, clips for, that I'm going to be doing for, for Alex's year. 2020 birthday. <laughs> All right, so uh, starting this one off, we got Rabbit, which actually came out last Friday in limited theatrical run and VOD uh, from is Shout trying Studios. Trying to eat an entire bag. What's right in now. the What's in the bag? I don't know. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Food. Pasta Food's sauce. in the bag. Oh. I got the the chicken parm. Uh, wants, chicken perm. Who wants the chicken perm shirt? The chicken uh. perm shirt. Uh, Alright, so here's the synopsis, and Palmer can fill us in, because he's seen this movie. Hit me. Uh, in the gripping horror film Rabbit, aspiring fashion designer Rose Miller has had uh, her dreams turned into a nightmarish reality yes. when a freak accident leaves her horribly disfigured yes. after receiving a miracle procedure involving an experimental skin graft from the mysterious Burroughs Clinic. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that cat is responsible for ripping off her face. <laughs> You scare me. <laughs> He's actually crazy. Uh, yeah, you need to be careful. He'll 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 fucking hurt you. My hands are clawed to shit from I'll him. I'll fucking kill him. Uh, Just kidding. I would never do that. But after after receiving the skin graft on the air, <laughs> Rose is transformed into the beauty of her dreams. Nothing comes without a cost, and she begins to feel the terrifying side effects that tear at the last threads of her sanity. Yes. What price will Rose have to pay to have everything she ever wanted? All it may just cost her her humanity. Humanity! Humanity! Yes. Uh, Supposedly it presents a modern take, because that's what we do now, on David Cronenberg's body horror classic. How would you say it held up? It was really fun for the first half, and then it starts to kind of fall off. Uh, It was... It was fine. 
it was uh, much better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. And I can actually say, Lurie Vandervert. The, the 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 biggest thing that I will say about it is is maybe 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 I'm not really like a hundred percent on this yet. Laura Vandervert can act. Maybe oh. maybe Vandervert. Yes. She's been in a lot more stuff than I yeah. expected. Okay. Well, your whole like anti Laura Vandiver thing was from Jigsaw, right? Yeah, because she was fucking awful in that movie. But everybody was fucking awful in that That's movie. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that, that was just a bad movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> I guess previously she would listen she did to a lot our more episode TV. on it. Yeah. <laughs> was previously I think I might have been the most hammered I've ever been. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I think you were on that episode. It was great. Uh, next up, we've got a smaller one called Crypsis. Comes Crypsis. out on the 17th on VOD from Uncorked Entertainment. That's a nice title. A group of friends make a bet to see who can survive camping on an island for one night. Unbeknownst to them, a strange creature lurks through the night, terrorizing their every move, and sound is their biggest enemy. Oh. So it's like a discount quiet place. Yep. Yes. Uh, not getting the best reviews. Really? Yeah. I wonder why that is. Yeah. Um, one night, too? Like, that's not even, like, a challenge. Really? I mean, it is for someone like me. You couldn't spend one night in the wilderness? I'm sure I could just if get, I had, like... Just get drunk. Yeah. It, but do I have do I have alcohol with me? Or am I just, like, getting dropped off? Sam Nature isn't that bad. All right. You're just, you're just enjoying yourself. You're, you're looking at the stars. You're looking at the stars. I mean, I'm comfortable with peeing outside. Slapping the mosquitoes. I do. Slapping all the mosquitoes. That's probably what would kill me. Killing the spiders that try and crawl on your face while you're sleeping. Yeah, you just make your own fun, dude. You just, you know, <laughs> furiously masturbate. Turn everything into its own game. Sometimes if you shine light into the plants, you can see all the spider's eyes looking back at you. Oh, that's so cool. It's, it's like your own little, like, uh, like, like following. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I There's am your some... king. Worship <laughs> me. Exactly. It's a megalomaniac. Over here. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and to wrap it up this week, uh, <laughs> uh, not exactly a horror parody by any means, but oh, a parody but... of the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Yes. Hold on to your Bruce Willis. This is no Alan Trickman. Pornhub presents the porn parody of the greatest Christmas movie of all time. Welcome to Dick Hard. Dick hard. <laughs> what, was this, what was it called? Fuckatomi Plaza? Premiering on... Uh, Cockatomi Plaza? Cockatomi. Cockatomi. That's so it was. Premiered Wednesday, December 18th on Pornhub and Wood Rocket for free. It's Christmas Eve in Porn Valley and the Fuckatomi Corporation's annual cockmas party has been crashed by an orgy of international thieves. And now it's up to sarcastic 1980s New York cop John DeClean. To whip out his gun and rub out the bad guys. Alex, I think you need to have another uh, <laughs> Secret Santa party and just have this on in the background. That's right. Instead of a... Oh, no blood sport. Blood no sport. blood sport. <laughs> <laughs> what did you end up thinking about that movie? I liked it. Yeah? Once they finally got to the blood sport. <laughs> it has been a while since I've seen that movie. It's got a long ass like beginning I've, story. Yeah, I, I didn't remember the the non-blood sport part of that movie taking quite so long. Uh, it was like an... Like, what, it's, like 45 minutes? Minutes? Yeah, it's, 45 it's a good portion of the film. Yeah. Need more blood sport. Less. We did have a fun time making fun of. That's uh, why we have blood sport too. The girl he <laughs> fucks in her red dress and his red underpants. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> You're right. That's where the blood sport starts. Yes. <laughs> Indeed, it is. <laughs> How do you think they got all those dyes? 
<laughs> the blood sport was really just actually having sex with her while she was on her period. We decided. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is official canon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, well, yes. that's, that's it for this week. You guys ready to talk about a terrible movie? Yeah. Way to give away the ending. And by terrible, I mean amazing. God, people. Movie of the year 2019. You know, I got to throw you some red herrings. Just like, these, think that, like, just like the trailers did. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to tonight's main event. We're going to talk about a little film that came out recently that uh, Alex was pretty insistent on seeing. <laughs> and we just couldn't avoid because, like I said, Alex was very insistent on seeing it. It's called... I'm sorry. I don't remember that. It's Silent <laughs> Night, Deadly Night 5. <laughs> it's called Black Christmas 2019. And uh, this was probably Alex's most anticipated film of the year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she was mad hype for this yeah, one. Yeah, she was just... Uh, man, she slept in a tent... Oh, outside of the theater. Outside of the theater to make sure that she was there at midnight ready for this film to be ready to go. (laughs) It was uh, directed by Sophia Tikal and written by Tikal and April Wolf. Uh, The movie stars Imogen Poots, who might have just been the best thing about this film, Mm -hmm. uh, as Riley Stone. Uh, Elise Shannon as Chris uh, Presley. Lily Donahue as Marty. Brittany O'Grady as Jesse Bradford. Caleb Eberhardt. Oh, yes. Uh, as Landon, Carrie Ells as uh, Professor Gordon. Can we pause? Gelson, sorry. Can we pause on this? Because I don't know the only, any other time I would bring up Carrie Ells when talking about this movie. What? Did either one of you find it incredibly strange for him to be in that role? Yes. I I can't believe that he was the douchiest person they could think of. Like I know that I know he's got. Who would you rather see? I know Ooh. he's got a background as Dr. Gordon from the Saw franchise, so I know he's got, like, a background in horror a little bit. Yeah. Right. But, like, I will always view Carrie Ells as either the Princess Bride or yeah, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Definitely. I would have I had an easier time buying into uh, David Tennant after Bad Samaritan. Oh. Or just get the weirdest person in Hollywood who has a very angular face as well, Killian Murphy. Oh, yeah. I think Killian Murphy could have crushed it. And I totally would have bought him being a weird, woman-hating, fucking secret society-leading... Hugh Grant. (laughs) Just him with breast milk all over his ass. (laughs) I thought you were... When you said the weirdest person in Hollywood with an angular face, my mind immediately went to Crispin Glover. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I would have bought that too. Especially after his recent uh, Hitman movie. Yeah. Which was I... actually fun, for lack of a better word. Uh, Madeline Adams as Helena. Ben Black as Phil McKinley. McClaney, sorry. Uh, with. with McElaney? Three L's, according to. No, it's an I L L. McElaney. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, the last so, names in this movie matter. Simon Mead as Nate, Natalie Morris as Fran, Zoe Robbins as Uana, Ryan McIntyre as. Is that uh, how you say that? I just thought it was Una. Una, maybe. I don't know. Brian Huntley. Uh, Mark Nielsen as Gil, and Lucy Curry as Lindsay. Um, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce. 
That's who. You can't have James Bond in that. Well, no, actually, now that you, now that I say it out loud, he's not James totally Bond could. anymore. Nobody oh, was. He over. was. Yeah. I know he was, but he's not anymore. Yeah, I guess that's true. He was in James Bond. I mean, in like James the Bond 90s. slays women all day, so I'd totally buy it. Different kind Nicolas of Nicolas Cage. I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. See, Nicolas Cage would have been great. Yeah. I could totally see him just like. Smashing. I think he's too over the top for a role like that. What do you say? That's exactly what you need. You imagine him during the uh, the final act of the film, just like. Honestly, just slamming though, oars down on the ground. I, I actually wouldn't mind seeing Nicolas Cage try to play the role of an English literature professor. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, have you seen National Treasure? That's true. <laughs> because he is a national treasure. <laughs> he was in English, but he was smart. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle in, everybody. This is what this episode's about to turn into. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Christmas was announced in early 2019, and the initial press release said it would feature Jason Blum producing a remake of the 1974 classic. Let's cue the eye-rolling already. Uh, Sophia Tikal was signed on to direct the series right after... Uh, what did she do? She did something... Uh, something Shine. Something Shine or Shine something. Something. We've done our research. We have. Look, it's been a long, long week. Infants make things hard. Always shine. There that's you what go. Always shine. That's there you right. go. Um, she also did the Into the Dark series on Hulu. Yes. Um, so she had she had previously had some experience working with with Jason Bull. Uh, and Imogen Poots and the rest of the crew decided to sign on pretty much that same month. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of like one of those things that kind of came together pretty quickly. So specifically, uh, Jason Bloom went to her and said, we've got the rights to Black Christmas. Yep. It has to come out this December. There's no script. You can do what you want. Oh, all right. And so she took it and ran with it, yeah, which is so why it's a drastically different film than even... I would say even the, mm-hmm. the 2006, 2006 to the version. original yeah. version of the film, because those still have like... Granted, it's been a while since I've seen the 2006 version. And I know you've watched it more recently. But right. those are still sort of parallel with one another in well, terms yeah, of Yeah, they events. definitely expanded on the... On the because yeah, the 2006 like, one's... The 2006 like, one's like, technically a sequel. Right. Right? Is it? Yeah. That's, that's my understanding of yeah. it. Yeah. It is. Okay. Well, they, they expand a lot more on the killer. Yes. And uh, it's been a long time since. And his family. Yeah. So there's a lot more background there. And why he but is it's still the way like, he is... Yeah, but it's still pretty much a similar premise. Yes. Um, whereas this one kind of takes takes things and 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 just steers everything right off a fucking cliff <laughs> and just decides to brand the car accident as a result of falling off the cliff <laughs> with with a Black Christmas. This is Black Christmas. Yeah, name and just calling it a day. Uh, so now that we've done this brilliant introduction to this to this amazing film, let's talk about the synopsis of this. While walking home, Hawthorne College student Lindsay is impaled with an icicle by a trio of masked figures. Uh, the rest of Hawthorne College is preparing for Christmas holiday break, while Riley Stone, a student at the college's MKE sorority, is still struggling to move on from being raped by an AKO fraternity president named Brian Huntley. Um, Douchiest name ever. Yeah, right. Nobody besides her closest friends believe her about uh, what happened, mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that Brian was forced to leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
like you said, he's just a, he's he's very douchey. He comes off like a total douche. He comes off like the type of person that would be. Was he forced to leave? I just thought he graduated. Uh, he said that she ruined his reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe he just graduated. He was allowed to come back. So yeah, I don't know. He's allowed to come back and hang out. I assume he just graduated, but everybody like. Either way, his reputation, reputation was tar- yeah. quote unquote tarnished. <laughs> so that that should be the least of your problems after you rape somebody, but it's yeah. not that you're not there. <laughs> uh, her sorority sisters, Chris, Marty, and Jesse, and Helena, are all taking part in the AKO talent show with a dance choreographed by Riley. Riley uh, gives Helena a lucky comb. She does. She does. And we get some interesting kind of like introductions to these girls. So apparently, according to the the writer director of this film, uh-huh. all girls in fraternities are just like thirteen year old, like like right. mentality wise, just like boys. Because so, please explain to me what the fuck a diva dam is or a what a diva cup. What it's the what fuck you, is this? It's what you use instead of a tampon? Yeah. So it's just like a silicone cup. Yeah, it's reusable. And it just catches everything in like a little. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little goblet. Yeah, yeah and you so wash you don't it have out. Have to put cotton in your vagina. So they're just sharing diva cups. Oh yeah, you just you sterilize it. You put it, you put it in the dishwasher like after you whenever you want to clean it. You say you sound very nonchalant about this. It's very well, no, nonchalant. She wasn't thing. sharing. She so uh, you can share them. No, she's absolutely sharing. She's asking to borrow a diva cup. No, she said she can't find hers. Yeah, yeah so, so she, she gives. Lent she, her, yeah. she lent her no, she tosses her uh, a pad. I thought. I didn't no, think she tossed her a diva cup. No, she gave her a diva, her cup. diva cup. Oh, okay. I mean, or maybe she had so an extra. So are these frequently used? Yeah, they're very, in the last, like, probably five years, they've been yeah. super popular. Is it just because of, uh, like, medical waste? Or, yeah, yeah but, they're better okay. for the environment, and also they just are less um, uncomfortable. Once you learn how to really? put them Really? Once you learn how to put them in. And I've just, I had never no heard of them. risk of toxic shock. I expected it or to be, like. Or if there is, it's much more minimal. Like the female equivalent of a jock strap. <laughs> <laughs> and that she was just gonna go like play lacrosse or like field hockey or something no, after like a dental dam. <laughs> well, I just didn't know what it was. I'm just yeah. like, I'm over here like watching this movie. And I'm just like, what the fuck is a diva cup? Uh, and I'm a little skewed out by the fact that you know they're just sharing them out. But hey, I guess if it's more commonplace than I think, this is mm-hmm. me just. I mean, sharing them is not commonplace. Oh, okay, I okay, okay. I wouldn't imagine. Usually, you can get your own diva cup for like. Twelve dollars. Uh, twelve dollar cups. Yeah. See, right. they were actually sharing. I think the mo- the funniest moment with her just like pull hers out and toss it. Whip it at her, <laughs> covered in blood. Like, it'd, be the glorious, it'd be the goriest part of the whole movie. It would be the goriest part of the whole <laughs> finally movie. some blood. So <laughs> <laughs> we've all been waiting for. <laughs> Oh man! I, if they still did scary movies, I feel like this would be a great parody. Yeah. <laughs> a parody piece for this movie. Just whips the diva cup at her just, face. Just, just. <laughs> blood everywhere. They start painting the walls. <laughs> Rad Rob. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we get this diva weird diva cup scene, and. Uh, I don't know. That just kind of establishes the camaraderie between all the girls. So they're all very like nonchalant with each other, and and oh, you know, like, like I imagine sorority sisters would be. Yeah. Um, they talk to each other like normal women talk to each other. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're not like so. With the original Black Christmas, right? We have this a, a good portion of the first what 30 to 40 minutes of the uh-huh. film is them establishing that the barbs ca- each, drunk. Each, well no each <laughs> of the characters yeah you've got the whole backstory with with the abortion yeah you've got you, the whole story with barb yeah you got you know 
there's a whole bunch more to the. I feel like they don't do that well enough in this movie. Like mm-hmm. they just kind of establish the sorority house is just a sorority house. You know, it's right. like it's like watching Animal House, and it's just like I, I the entire time I'm just imagining the dean being like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> screaming in the background about how these these sorority girls are running hijinks. They, they, I mean, which they are doing. Yeah, they talk really the quickly. <laughs> Yeah, like to each other, and I was yeah. like, "What's happening?" The yeah. only the only girls that I feel like actually got established are, um, shit, Riley and Chris. Okay, which one was Chris again? Sorry, the um, one protesting everything. Oh, okay, yeah, her best friend. Yeah, but even so, you don't really know anything about her except for that she's like, you know, yeah, an she's just very, she's very against the patriarchy. Yeah, just ham fisted against burn, the, burn the patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. I mean, you know, everybody's got to have a cause. Uh, but it feels like it was more of like a fashion accessory for her than rather just a full on cause. Like, like there was why no are you reason really for doing it. this. Yeah. Like, yeah, there was yeah. no explained reason um, for it. And sometimes, I, I don't but think I guess there needs to be a reason. Yeah, I guess for sometimes your there's activism. not a reason. It just seemed to me like she was very ham fisted with it, and it even sort of her friends were kind of like, "Okay, calm, calm down." Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I feel like we all know someone like that we do everybody knows somebody like that yeah right where they're they're um how do you say what they're doing is admirable but like take a fucking day off yeah (laughs) but there's no taking days off it's the modern it's it's the modern version of veganism there you go it's like postmodern veganism but she wasn't even vegan right wasn't uh riley the vegan yeah something like that but yeah, it's it's because she mo- makes fun of Riley for being vegan at some point oh. during the movie. Doesn't I she? That there was, I don't know. I missed that there was a vegan. I don't know. I, well, yeah. Well, am I remembering that wrong? Isn't Riley vegan? I can't remember. I, don't I think know. she was. This is my issue with seeing them in theaters just one time. I can't watch. Like, so was there anybody in the theater notes. when you went to see it? No. So you you were the been, only person. You should have been taking theater? notes. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> we were almost the only people. Yeah, and then some fucking couple showed up like two minutes before it started. Oh, dagger, dude! I'm like, get out of here, dagger, dude. Uh yeah no I was the only person there. Did you was... go to Cine Bistro? No, they weren't showing the shit at Cine Bistro. <laughs> Cine Bistro wouldn't be caught dead showing this fucking scum fuck of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Um, Chris has drawn the ire of the AKO fraternity and Riley and Marty's lecture professor Gelson for following a petition. Uh, or for, for for handing out a petition requesting that the university founder and notorious misogynist Caleb Hawthorne bust is uh, removed from the main building, and another requesting Gelson is fired. Um, so she's passing out a whole mm-hmm. bunch of different stuff. She's trying to change this whole school from the bottom. Yeah, up, which is great. You know, like awesome. Like I'm, I'm, I'm We're gonna take it down from the inside. Absolutely. I'm I'm happy to see that you're doing that, but it has put a target on your back. She's apparently wildly like successful with this too. Yeah, she got the bus taken down, and yep. she was getting signatures for Gelson to get fired. Yep. Yep. Even though some from of like them the were nine people that go to this school. Yeah. What were you saying, Sarsam? From like the nine people that go to this school. Yeah. Well, it is winter break. Dude. It's There's extremely gothic. School. This very gothic gray, black and white university. Yes. The, in the original, it's quite much like that. Also. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Like, uh, where are you people going to school? Danzig's house. <laughs> Too many stories. <laughs> I, I went to VCU. I'm so used to the color. Right. <laughs> there's, there's there's new graffiti on every wall every day. And the glass building. Uh, yeah, exactly. Art, art design buildings. Uh, so uh, she wants to get Gelson fired because he's he's refusing to teach books written by women. Um, 
pretty much and our intro- not a white dude. Yeah, our introduction to Gelson is him reading a very long-winded, misogynistic-sounding diatribe that, right. that he points out was written by a woman. Right, how women are a part of men's life, but sort of... Yeah, because of these, the and that of as a result, men. you can't you can't uh, judge writing. Uh huh. Um, I it's it's kind of like the the cliche you can't judge a book by its cover type of thing. Right. But you can't like assume ri- the writer's gender based on what's being said. Right, because what she what the writer was saying was some pretty misogynistic shit. Right. Which right. you assume a woman wouldn't write that. But right. There are, it's like there are misogynistic women out Weird. there. Which is very strange, because my takeaway from this movie, I mentioned it to Alex when we walked out of the theater, I was actually shocked that this movie was written and directed by women. I have to admit, I feel like they're... Yeah, I'm kind of with there's you. A lot of stuff, there's a lot like of stuff that we're going to get nuance. into. Yes, it doesn't seem nuanced enough yeah. to be by women. There's to a be. lot of stuff that we're going to get into that I feel like would make sense if it was a guy directing a movie about this to try to defend men. <laughs> or if he's like, this is what a woman would write. Yeah, yeah, that's what Like, if I was more... making a, a, you know, an activist movie for the the modern feminists, like, this is what they would say. I feel like yeah. it's when you guys, like, like for instance, when we talked about Carrie, and you right. kept looking at me like I was trying to mansplain things <laughs> to you, and I had to, like, take a step back and be like, I All don't right, know. When you're explaining it... my period for yes, me? Yes, yes, <laughs> apparently I, I was trying to explain Tell me how this worked, Palmer. <laughs> and Tell me looked, about my period, Palmer. You looked like you wanted to fucking both shove me into, a, like, a moving train. <laughs> you as an only child, me growing up with two older sisters and Alex being a woman. <laughs> hey, but at least you now know what a diva cup is. I so you need to explain periods to somebody. Yeah, I could have just assumed that it was just like Whitney Houston's like microphone cup or something. I don't know. <laughs> the goblet she drinks out of before every performance. I swear to God, I thought it was just a female jock strap. Oh, okay. That's really what okay. I thought it was. <laughs> Are um, there female jockstraps? That's what I was. Is I that was like, oh, so it's thing? like it's it's just a cup for women. Oh, okay. That's what I was. So I, yeah, it probably gets hurt. Cooter cups. It, it, it probably hurts <laughs> if you get smashed in the vajay, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so interestingly, uh, Are you if you type in female jockstrap, you get some really bizarre results. Are they just strap-ons? Are they sexual? I'm not entirely sure, but they have great names. Cooter cup. Cooter cup. <laughs> <laughs> So you don't get cunt punted? Cut. So apparently punted? Cunt punted. Oh, okay. <laughs> apparently some company named Cellblock 13 makes something called uh, female jock straps. That's um, sexual. But ju- judging by the, uh, the the pictures available in the Google results, this definitely looks like a bondage kind of thing. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well. That was a weird... Uh... More power to you, I guess. No king um. shaming. <laughs> Uh, while at her job at the coffee shop, Riley learns that Brian will be back in town to oversee the talent show. She also meets Landon, a friendly boy from the AKO fraternity, who takes to liking her. Um, he was part of the fraternity? Uh, I know he hung out with them because he well, was yeah. the one doing he, their he audio their stuff. Yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, did... <sighs> I mean this in the nicest way possible. Did he come off kind of creepy? But did Landon sort of come off as like an incel to you? Uh, yeah, just like a tad. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, he's just he's just being a real <laughs> nice guy. Until uh, he brought over the when until he went to go show up for dinner and he brought her poinsettia. <laughs> that was nice. He was like took. He was like apparently he had been watching her right for right 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 for right, months right, and right. months. He's apparently Which... been coming into this coffee shop and not saying a thing. 
That's weird. Which I understand. Like, you know, if you got a crush on somebody, you're trying to figure out a way to say I think he did a good job of explaining that. Like, oh, it just takes me time to figure out how to approach things. Like, Yeah, but, like, just hello. It just, yeah, it just, <laughs> it seemed a little, like, I feel like it was done intentionally to try to make him kind of set up as a red herring. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it was just really poorly done, mm-hmm. like a lot of things in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, like, my biggest issue with it, right, is, like, not the subject matter, not really, like, what it's trying to say. Mm. I applaud what it's ultimately trying to set out to do, but I just feel like it does everything so ham-fisted and so poorly. <laughs> right. That it's just... Yeah. Almost laughable. It seems almost like a satire. Of the yeah, movie that it's right. To be about yes, just a tad. Uh, yeah. Well, and in like the original too, there's always a lot. Most of the men that are either friends with the sorority women or you know ones that come in contact, like they're all red herrings, right? So you're supposed to think that, I think, pretty much every man could be, the killer. And in this one, there's many killers. So right, right. Sorry, spoiler. I mean, <laughs> we're gonna we're diving into it here in a minute. Um, the group uh, <laughs> arrives at the AKO fraternity where Riley catches a glimpse of a strange ritual involving new pledges for AKO and a black goo leaking out of Kayla, out of the uh, Caleb Hawthorne bust. Um, she also stumbles across Helena. That's what she's about to be sexually, yeah, yeah, she's about to be sexually assaulted by one of the frat boys. Riley intervenes and sends a tipsy Helena home. Riley takes Helena's place in the talent show and upon seeing Brian in the crowd, performs a song with her sorority sisters, blasting rape culture at the fraternity and stating that Brian did rape Riley. Um, I found that to be the most enjoyable part of this I movie. I thought that was a great song. Among- I feel like people are going to download that on iTunes. Yeah, the song was <laughs> hilarious. I feel like it's just really called out fraternity culture and culture. Yeah. It was a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh especially like how it just takes like a drastic turn right? like, like <laughs> after the first stanza you're just like, "Oh, uh-huh. okay." <laughs> cuz you're not expecting them cuz especially after getting the establishment of the, of um what's her name? Chris. Right. Uh getting her established as like this petition passing like very feminist like mm-hmm. um person. And all of a sudden, the first stanza is very, like, provocative. And just, like, they're all, like, they're basically doing their best, like, Allison Brie in a Santa shirt, like, from Community. Yeah, or, like, that's... (laughs) The scene from Mean Girls. It's Mean Girls. It's Mean Girls. That's exactly what I was expecting, but Palmer Palmer doesn't have that reference. It's a complete pull from Mean Girls. I'm so glad I don't know what They're wearing the exact same outfits. Yeah, they actually are. (laughs) And there's four of them. Doing a choreographed dance routine. It was the same... You mean that this movie just like pays homage to all homage to things? Mean Girls? Yeah, because that's a feminist movie, Palmer. That's cr- <laughs> I don't know. I think outright theft. Maybe I'm just, I'm just gonna dodge your traps here and just keep going. Uh- <laughs> Palmer hates feminism because he won't watch Mean Girls. Oh my god. <laughs> I was an anti-feminist because he won't watch Mean Girls. The girls leave in high spirits. Riley <laughs> <laughs> bonds with Landon. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the MKE house, Helena is abducted by Lindsay's attacker. The next day, uh, the girls start to receive threatening, threatening DMs because it's 2005 and we're calling things DMs. Right. Uh, yeah, text messages? And this like, kind of takes the place. Or texts? Text. Yeah, it's an instant message. Yeah, it's, a, but it's, a, it's a DM. It's a DM. It's, I love that she explains that to the security guard. DMs, direct Coop. messages, just in case people didn't know. Right. Just, just in case. Is that? But like, is that legitimately like if if I texted somebody and they're like, they don't call it a text anymore? No, it's that's just, a, it's a, it, it. 
Or is DM specifically like through an app? If you send someone like yeah, like an, like a message through Twitter or Snapchat, that's yeah. a DM. Yeah. If you send someone a text, that's a text. Or apparently yip yap. Tip tap or yip yap. Sam looks over and goes, "What's a yip yap?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. This is probably one of the things I dislike the most about this in comparison to the original. Was in the original they used the phone, right? Right. That's right, how right, they're right. you know. I mean, so they get to that scene where they're cutting down the Christmas tree, right? Yeah. And there's like that garbled, like, uh-huh. for a split second. I was like, so they're they're going with it. I see, like, they're trying to draw some sort of parallel from yep. the original film. Right? I was like, okay, so they're 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 going with garbled messages. It's just going to be on phone. a cell phone this yeah. time. And I thought maybe they'd do that with with the text messages. Sorry, the DMs. The DMs. Like maybe they'd get some, like, audio message or something. Right. Like, yeah. that was... That was creepy or something yeah. like that. But yeah, they just kind of like totally abandoned one of the key points. And just points. went right with direct messages. Yeah, of both the original film and the 2006 yeah. version. Like, Boo. <laughs> just call and each other on stop. the phone. They stop like halfway through the movie with it. Yeah. No, they, yeah, they don't even like really reference it. Oh yeah, they gave up any, any more yeah. after that point. Because they realized it was dumb and they'd already overutilized the text messaging way too much. Yeah, so that's a big issue of mine. Like when, when a movie tries to pivot you have to really know what you're doing to make a good scene where somebody's on the telephone. Yes. And yeah, yeah we, you almost have to be like a fucking demigod at writing to make it work with text messaging. Yes. And this movie is just so so like you said it's so overly reliant on this mm-hmm. that and they don't do like, a good job with it even if it was just a little bit. Yeah, it really is just like it's Would you it's, say it's ham-fisted? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's meant to just literally like drive plot points yeah in a non-creative way yeah whenever i hear someone say the term ham fisted i just imagine a big man walking around with hams for hands ham ham hands ham hands (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) i just thought i'd share that with you guys yeah no i'm glad you shared that one with me i don't know what i would have done in my life without that well then when he gets hungry he just eats his own hands (laughs) i'm just gonna have a nibble (laughs) Someone's like, can I have some ham? He's like, no. No. no Mine. Home. <laughs> Does the ham grow back or is it like limited? Like regenerator, re- regenerating, regenerating ham. ham. <laughs> it only grows back once a month. He could, he could, he'd be like Jesus. He could feed the whole world instead of fish. It's just eat ham left hands. and right. <laughs> Except for the Jews and the Muslims, right? They don't eat pigs. Yeah. <laughs> he had no ham. <laughs> well, then it really would be Jesus. <laughs> Oh, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Only white people get this ham. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, sorority sister Fran is also killed by a masked man. Uh, concerned that Helena ha- has seemingly not gone home uh, to her parents like planned because she gets a fucking text message yeah. from her parents being like, where's Helena? Where's Helena? Because, you know, your parents wouldn't call. No. And be like, where's my daughter? I don't know what's going on. No, you or just like get one text the, mom, the mom did call, I thought. The mom called her. Did she? I yeah. thought she. Oh, you're right. That was the garbled message. Yes. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's well, right. Well, in the original, right. they just show up at the at the sorority house. So clearly, Helen's parents don't care about her that much. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> this is the 21st century, Alex, and she is a strong, independent woman who happens to be she dead. Need her dad to come look for her. <laughs> It just sounds like bad parenting. Uh, Riley alerts a campus security guard who is apathetic and, and assumes that Helen has run off with her boyfriend. 90% uh, of the time, they're with their boyfriends. I mean, that's it, a direct quote. Yep. <laughs> but, like, it's. It, my issue is, right? So, like, it, with this, it makes it seem like it's like a man kind of ignoring the whole situation, right? Just being right. like trying to dismiss girls being girls, right? Right. 
Which they do in the original. Whereas also. this is yeah. actually like a law enforcement like standard. Like you're so not gonna wait 24 hours. Yeah, you're not gonna have anybody really give a shit until after 24 hours. Right. Really, it's like after 48. Yeah. See, in the original, they go to see the security guard and he or the police officer and he also doesn't really believe that uh the woman's missing right there's also been a girl murdered in the park and they're getting those threatening phone calls right so there's a little bit more of an issue and it's not until it's not until what's uh the the boyfriend in the fur coat peter i can't remember his name uh until he shows up he's like what the hell's your problem what are you insinuating blah 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 yeah claire's boyfriend yeah yeah yeah. uh I just love that fur coat on him. I wish <laughs> I wish I was that stylish. You can wear a fur coat. Nah, nah. I'd have I feel like you have to be like real skinny. On me. What are you saying? No, like as a guy, <laughs> you have to be real skinny to get away with wearing a fur coat. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm fat, I know, but like, come on. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Not a lot of things, apparently. Uh, so yeah, he just doesn't care. No. Nope. Says that she's run off with a boyfriend. Um... After an exchange encounter with Gelson outside the AKO fraternity, um, Riley turns around to find a list of MKE girls among some papers that that they drop that he drops. So yeah. they bump it into each other, uh, and there's just a list. If this, it was a romantic comedy, that would have been their meet cute. <laughs> this is the definitely maybe scene of the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my papers. Uh, Riley then returns home. Uh, Marty and her boyfriend, Nate, have an argument. She kicks him out of the house that night while Riley and Chris argue over the fact that Chris has uploaded the talent show to the video online. And Not Ra- all men! No, oh, that's right. And uh, Riley now fears retaliation from, from, from members of the fraternity. What did you think was going to yeah, happen? This is probably one of my least favorite scenes in the movie is when she's having that argument with her boyfriend and they literally say, Not all men. I legit almost walked out of the theater at that point. Did you really almost yeah. left? That was the one part that felt so heavy-handed to me. Like, there'd been Did so... Did you just not all men me? Yeah. And that's... A th- like, there'd been a lot of very heavy-handed moments up to this point. And as soon as they broke out the not all men, I was just like, all right, this is Twitter. Come well, to life. Into I'm, sa- I'm just gonna go home. And in the same vein, <laughs> call out the absurdity of it in your own movie. Like, yeah. did you not just not all men me? You yeah. know what I mean? In your own movie where you're not all menning people. You're like, oh my god, this is too, this is too much. Yeah. Like, it, oh my there god. There could have been such a better subtle, like, you wouldn't have even had to have him say that to understand what, what was happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to, have to say it. Right. It just came off so ham-fisted. <sighs> Alice is just gonna eat her own hands throughout <laughs> the rest of the night. Anything apparently, like at, th- <laughs> at this point, oh, <laughs> uh, it's funny because she has one hand. All right, <laughs> like this is the point in the movie where I felt like I li- it was just like Twitter with a bullhorn screaming in my face. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of felt like that this entire movie, a little bit, but. This is that spinal tap moment. They just cranked it to 11. Yeah, yeah. I can't feel my hands. (laughs) Jesse goes to the attic to get some uh, Christmas lights and is murdered in a scene that is literally stolen from The Exorcist 3. Um, She's, like, in the hallway. Yeah. She goes through one room. Yeah. It's quiet. There's a little bit of tension building up, a little bit of tension building up. She leaves the room, goes down to the right of the hallway, and then, bam, you see the the hooded figure holding the lights just walk across the hallway. Exorcist 3 did it a million times better because it takes place over like 15 minutes instead of 30 seconds. 30 seconds, yeah. It was rushed. And uh, I don't know. It just... Was it, is that when she was looking for her cat? Yes. Yeah. Right? 
In the yeah. original, it was Claude. In this one, it's Claudette. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the girls lock themselves in the room, uh, and Riley ventures out to retrieve her phone. Meanwhile, Chris goes to the attic to warn Jesse and discovers her body. Nate arrives back at the house looking to apologize and is promptly murdered because because no this is this is my job as a man to protect you fuck what is it screw the screw the telephone yeah that's right this is my job yeah. nobody's gonna hurt my girls something like that and then like he that. gets fucking hit he gets with shot a, right in the face with a bow and arrow with a bow and arrow <laughs> And just just no, another I, another that very school's got a like, really talented archery team yeah right well no yeah. it's it's the supernatural the black damn. sludge it's like it's like the stuff except except from a bust and sludgy. <laughs> um, yeah, he's immediately killed. Cool. Yeah, and uh, Nate. Uh, sorry, Riley then uses Nate's car keys to kill the masked man. She stabs him in the neck, right? And uh, she reunites. And what's what initially seems like a pretty bloody scene for a PG thirteen movie, mm-hmm. and then you realize it's not blood it's at not all because like all this stuff's pouring down her arm. Like that's fucking gnarly for you're, a PG thirteen film. It's all over her shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, it's, and then it turns out to just be black motor goop. oil. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's that beer you were drinking. Right. <laughs> Uh, she reunites with Chris and Marty, and they're attacked by two other masked men. Marty is gravely wounded, but the, the uh, manages to buy Riley and Chris enough time to hide in the kitchen before dying. The pair uh, overpowers and kills the attackers before removing his mask and being alarmed to the fact that they are uh, covered in black goo and not blood. Riley identifies him as a AKO pledge that she saw at the ritual last night, or the night before, rather, uh, and is alarmed by the strange look in the pledge's eyes. And has a wonderful triangle. Painted on his forehead. Okay, yes, a goo yes, triangle. a goo triangle. <laughs> Simba. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everything you see. You must venture into the dark place. Pledges. Everything, Everything the light, light touches. touches is yours. Not her though. <laughs> uh, the pair escape the house in Nate's car, and Riley theorizes that Hawthorne, who is known for dabbling in black magic, because apparently that's just a random thing yeah, that they know so about co- now. Yeah. They Can you just imagine his fucking Tinder nowhere. bio? Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of land. Right. I, I own many slaves, and I'm a fancier of black magic. Right. Mm. They kind of try and slide it in in the beginning, like, but it comes off really forced, and then, yeah, so apparently he dabbles in the black magic. It's just so funny to me, because they do something similar in uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Okay. But they do it much better. Oh, God. <laughs> Is that like a recurring theme? Apparently. Tonight? Just like every time we mention another movie. But they do it much better. They do it much better. <laughs> uh, Supernatural. And even, like, the way that they did it in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark wasn't that great. But, but I still feel like it was so much better than the way it was handled in this. Uh... Anyways, she, Chris shoots down the idea and suggests that they go to the police, but Riley demands that they go to the AK for, AKO fraternity to fight their own fight. <laughs> they didn't believe me then. Why would they believe me now? Yeah, they right. won't believe me now. And, and what she meant, she, she basically like taunts her into it. She's like, oh, or don't you want to fight for something? Yeah. Or something like that, along yeah. those lines. She kind of bullies her a little bit. Yeah, just a tad. When, she called, when she's always saying that Chris is the bully, really, she kind of bullies her into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're 100% correct. They uh, argue and Riley heads off to confront the frat herself. She encounters Landon and enlists him to help her and enter the fraternity. Meanwhile, Chris stumbles across Lindsay's sorority, who had angered AKO for not wanting to take part in the talent show. She discovers Lindsay's sorority sisters are also being attacked by other AKO pledges and manages to rescue them. Yeah, At- so we get a little jump cut of like three different sorority houses all getting like yeah, getting into run the car. over by... Well, 
before they get in the car, like all the sorority houses are getting run over by mm-hmm. black these, hooded men. Yeah, these hooded people. Men in black hoods. Which is where I thought, and so like there, there was a twist that I was expecting that didn't come because there's the scene where the cop opens the door and you see like the two girls stabbing that one guy to death. Right. Mm-hmm. And like I was expecting at this point that like they were gonna try to, they were trying to make the women look fucking like somehow murderous. worse and look yeah. like murderers. They were going to flip it around. You know, that actually kind of would have been smart, better writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> than what took place like If you want to prove that men are just, like, legitimately fucking awful. Right. What better way to do it than to make women look more insane than <laughs> right. you imagine them to be? Yeah. Just going on a killing spree. Yeah. yeah. Just but then the cop immediately dies. Yeah. It's just that whole great, great idea. It's just not a good movie, you guys. <laughs> it's just not. It's just not a I good mean, movie. I imagine this is what happens when somebody comes to you and says, "I have the title for a movie that doesn't exist." Right. Make it, and you have six months to do it. And go. <laughs> Maybe. I think I could have done better. I think a lot of people <laughs> could have done better, to be completely honest. But that's neither here nor there. there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> At the AKA house, uh, Riley and Landon break in, but Landon is covered or cornered by the frat brothers who convince him to be a pledge. Um, do they convince him or do they just kind of like they just kind of take him? Like take him, okay, and, yeah, and then use the goo to convince him. They do the goo convinces the him. most. Yes, the most after, convincing thing after the done. first time we see him actually show any emotions and get mad because they trashed his mixer. Well, I think he was also trying to make a distraction, right? So she could sneak upstairs. So he's trying to be as loud as possible so uh, that they're drawn into that area of the house. Yes, and then they goo sense. him, and he becomes an MRA. Yeah, you've been gooed. <laughs> Come join the goo side. <laughs> uh, she rescues Helena before Riley is betrayed and <laughs> by her. Uh, sorry, Riley witnesses Hawthorne bust uh, the Hawthorne bust leak with the black goo before finding Helena. She can't alive. even say with a straight face. <laughs> yeah, no, I, this is just such a fucking ridiculous movie at this point. Sorry. The, the, as soon as you said it, I realized that's the one thing this movie left out. What's that? It shouldn't. The fraternity should not have been called AKO. It should have been MRA. MRA. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> With everything else that happens in this movie, that was the one thing they left out. Yes. <laughs> You're you're right, Sam. Well, no, they could have made it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, no. Go I'm ahead. gonna say Hel- they had M- they had men's rights activists, right? Like Helena. Yeah. <laughs> just know your place. Yeah, you gotta know your place. Christ. Men right. are supposed to be Riley witness in the forefront. <laughs> I'm gonna try reading the sentence again so it makes sense okay. sense to our listeners. Riley witnesses the Hawthorne bust leak the black goo before finding Helena alive and held captive. She rescues Helena before Riley is betrayed by her and knocked unconscious by another AKO member. Riley awakens to be confronted by Gelson, Brian, and a whole bunch of fucking AKO frat boys. That's a paddling. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's a paddling. <laughs> Suddenly this is turning into fucking not red hot American summer. What the hell's the 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 other comedy oh, where they um, run around chasing each other with the paddles? Fuck. Oh, uh, You know what I'm Days talking about. Confused? Days and yes. Confused. Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're about to watch Days and Confused. Uh, That's a paddling. That's a paddling. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Gelson explains that after Chris forced the bus relocation uh, to the fraternity, they discovered the Hawthorne's plan was basically to take this black goo mm-hmm. and keep all unruly women in check. 
the goo allows the spirit of Hawthorne to possess the fraternity's pledges and sends them out to murder any woman that stepped out of line. It's also revealed that Helena has been secretly working with the fraternity and sold seven, several items of her sisters that has allowed the possessed, the possessed pledges to easily locate their targets. We so finally we, find the Diva Cup. Yes, we find the Diva <laughs> Cup, we find the hair comb, we, we find... All sorts of shit. There's yeah. a bunch of things. Yes. Uh, How do these girls not know that there's a klepto in their midst? There was a dildo. There yep. was, yeah, there was. There was. There was. Because uh, she's like, I can't find my thing. Because everybody needs a little like. That's right. That was what, Lindsay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was her thing. So she got her another one for Secret Santa. Yep. Yep. That's sweet. Hell yeah, sweet. I wish. I wish I had friends that would. No, I don't want to tell this. Never mind. I don't know where I'm going with that sentence. Some weird... <laughs> You're yourself up to like a weird thing. You're just gonna have listeners start sending right. you weird. It's just a box of dildos. Shows up in Palmer's dildo review corner. It starts next week. Everybody knows what to get me for Christmas. This is why we need a PO box. People going to start sending us dildos. Yeah, why oh, not? Lord. Fuck it. I want one that looks like a dragon. There's a whole line of I them. I know there is. There's even ones that fart out <laughs> the world is a scary place. <laughs> I believe the word is magical. Don't yes. kink shame me. I'm not kink shaming you. I'm just Palmer's just not ready for it. <laughs> I this is one of the few times in my life that I've genuinely been rendered speechless. Well done, both of you. <laughs> All right. Uh one of the pledges murders Helena, despite her willingness to be a good woman to the frat as a show of power to Riley, breaks her neck. Yep. Just like straight up. Yeah, just to show that like he doesn't give a fuck. I will say, isn't it at Brian? Least... When he walks back in and like reveals. No, doesn't he make Landon do it or something? No, not Landon. No, Landon's just it's up like on one the, of fucking... the other like generic white people with, oh, the, okay. yeah. with the, their like... hair parted to the left. She's like, I did all those things for you. And he's like, I don't care. Yeah, I, uh, I will say. Hawthorne may be a killer and may want to murder all women, but at least he does it quickly. Yes. There was <laughs> none of these deaths are prolonged, right? Like they're either like shot with a bow and arrow. Yeah. They're like, like they all seem to be clean, quick kills. That's right. Like I was expecting this to be like, okay, well, they're going like, to massacre her because she gets like stabbed in the stomach, and right. shot in the leg, right. She's the only one that takes a while. Everybody else dies pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Straight into the point. Uh, so he just breaks her neck right in front of her. Uh, and basically, this is the Game of Thrones scene where they're asking her to bend the knee. And uh, she does. She uh, forces Riley to bow to him. And she basically, like, what she does she actually bow? Or does she, like, get ready to bow and then she yes. attacks him? So she, does, so she like, doesn't actually bow? Yeah, no, like a, like a curtsy, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then she attacks him, and at the same moment, Why, Chris and yes, Lindsay's Mr. Professor, <laughs> Chris and Lindsay looking like fucking the, the Legolas, <laughs> suddenly turns into Lord of the Rings, and uh, they they enter the room, and, and all hell breaks loose, and it's just them versus versus the rest of the fraternity in, in Matrix style combat, slow mo, like. People are dodging punches. It's bizarre. Getting stabbed. It's like with, the Matrix. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> right. And uh, Chris, it ends with with the girls smashing the Hawthorne bust, killing the uh, killing Brian. Top douche frat yeah, bro. yeah, killing Brian. Sorry, I blanked out on his name. Uh, and then setting Gelson on fire. 
Right. And locking all of those people in the home, right? Yes. In so, there to burn. So as, as soon well. as and that's the one part that kind of bugged me, because as soon as they broke the bust, um Landon, who was controlled by the black goo, was no longer controlled by the right. black goo. Which is to be assumed that several of the other Yeah, it's like you killed the head vampire. There, yeah, like they also she also burned a lot of people who were only So she just killed a whole bunch of like innocent people yeah. that really <laughs> didn't probably want to do what they were doing. No, they were just black gooed. That's fucking, kinda fucked up. Fucking like well, Landon I, was breaking free of it, though, before the bust was broken. That's true. And after the bust was broken, so I guess a, a lot of them were still fighting. But yeah. still, they were ruled by the goo, bro. Burn the yeah, patriarchy. Dude, fuck it up. Burn the patriarchy. Uh, as the traumatized group watch the frat house burn, Riley watches with newfound bravery. Uh, in a post credit scene, mm. the cat that was the pet of the MKA sisters is seen licking the black liquid. Off of the floor. Claudette. I feel like Claudia would have been a better name for the cat. I like so when because cats... you have you have a story behind that name. I like it when old cats have old lady names like Claudette. Yeah. And Priscilla. Bertha. Oh, well, you Bertha. at one point assumed the cat was dead. Oh, I did. When she was looking for the cat, yeah. right? I was like, please don't have that cat be dead. I just can't handle I, that. I, living with four cats, assumed the cat was the killer. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's like, look at that little fuzzy boy. <laughs> killer. <laughs> look at them fuzzy pants. <laughs> he killed everybody. He did. He's just knocking people off the stairs. How? <laughs> <laughs> I kill you. So how did you guys feel about this This supernatural twist? The black goo? Yeah. How did you guys feel about this? I hated it. Yeah, uh, it was fucking ridiculous. Um, Plus, they also gave it away in the previews, right? So I was not surprised in the slightest about any of it. They didn't give away the goo part. They gave away, like, the culty part. They gave the culty, the the fact that what's-his-name was the professor was in charge of it. That they were all some sort of weird cult that were killing sorority girls. Yes. Besides the fact that they were being possessed by some old-ass white dude who was into black magic, like... You knew the entire premise of the story. I actually felt it worked against what they were trying to do with this. Yeah. So, Palmer, you sent us uh, this article about what uh, Sofita Call's kind of point was and the explanation for the supernatural twist. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big takeaway from her was... Um, uh, I highlighted the wrong part. Shit. No, we're all just going to stand here and look at you. Just stand here. Fantastic stand. podcasting, 10 out of yeah, 10. We're this doing is it. how we skyrocket up the <laughs> iTunes charts. This is how we're going to get people to come pay $45 to see us at the National. People, if you haven't turned off already. Oh, there it is. This okay. is just riveting, I'm sure. Uh, turning it into something supernatural allowed there to be uh, a little bit of a remove from reality. So there could be a little bit of distance for the people watching it. Uh, it could still be fun and wild and gonzo and not feel so close to what we felt was a version of the movie that could have felt bad to watch as a woman. I think it removed it too far. Well, yeah, either make a, make a feminist movie about the patriarchy or make a supernatural movie. Yeah, like and like you said, the, the marketing gave away pretty much everything going into it. Adding oh, a, shit, sorry, cat. Adding <laughs> <laughs> She blends into everything. Everything she in does. here is black. I didn't realize I just put my feet all up on this cat. We've talked about killing cats, and now it's finally been done. Um, Sorry, baby. So adding the supernatural it's not the cat elements. You don't like either. It's the I know, one that you one like. I do like. That's one that everybody likes. Um, I thought adding the supernatural elements uh, just made it seem now that 
the guys aren't responsible for their right. actions. So they're not the patriarchy. Yeah, so they're not the patriarchy. So this whole not all men thing actually applies here. Exactly. Because they're, <laughs> because they're not. <laughs> exactly. And so, plus, uh, plus you have the the women in fighting between Chris and uh, Riley. Right. You have the woman betraying her sorority sisters. Right. Which is why I walked away from this feeling that like this was written and directed by a man, because it it feels like there's a male defensive tilt to this entire thing. Like, right. The men aren't responsible for their actions. It's yes. actually the supernatural goo from 200 years ago. And that's what bothered me. If you're gonna make a movie that's calling out the patriarchy, like actually do it. Yeah. Don't, don't make it fossil fuel. Yeah. yeah. Don't fucking <laughs> excuse it. Yeah. I, I don't think it worked. I just. I think it was like this cop out, right? Like they're they're the first half of the script is is ham fisted, as Alex <laughs> likes to put it. Uh, but it's it's done so with a point. And then yeah, you're yes. right. It's like it's like all of a sudden all the purpose, all the meaning behind what the first half of the film was trying to, I guess, convey. Yeah, is sudden, like the the wind is just ripped right yeah. out of the sails. Stand behind it if you're going to make a movie like that. I, I think it's one of my my biggest issues with this is like nothing about this film seems like. It all seems so half-hearted. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what a whole bunch of people would expect from a woke movie. Right. Let's throw it in there, but then have it all collapse when you give it, like, when you try to analyze it under the microscope at all. Like, right. And I think that's my biggest issue with this film. Because not... the original movie, in and of itself, is a very feminist movie, right? Yeah. And she yeah. It's about a, it's about Even... a woman who wants, in the 70s, is, is deciding to have an abortion, doesn't give a fuck. Even you know Sophia I mean? Tuchel yeah, agrees well... with that. She said in an interview with Refinery29 that uh, she went back and watched the original one and was struck by how modern and fresh it felt for the time. Yeah. Um, especially noting the plot point about the character having an abortion and said, what would it mean to make that movie now? Yeah, but this one almost seemed it was like a satire of what a feminist movie should be. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, and I, in her defense, I do feel like part of it is like the ideas are there. It's obviously very ham-fisted, but I think part of it is due to again a we really rushed six-month timeline. That's true. It does. Yeah, and now knowing, but does that excuse the writing? Well, I mean, yeah. No, not, not fully, but. I feel like you could write something better than that in six months. Stephen King could fucking pump well, out a story. Yeah, short if story all you're doing is writing goddamn, it, though. Like Samsung refrigerator. <laughs> that would make more sense in this film. Right. Yeah, but that's like, all you're doing is writing it. It's writing, casting, directing, editing, all of that crammed into six months. So they should probably so have realistically, a couple weeks to Remember write when it. we talked about a movie not too long ago that was rewritten in a week? Which and, one was that? Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. That was done in a week, which explains why that movie was atrocious. Yeah. This movie was probably written in three or four weeks. Yeah. I guess my 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 issue with it is that this is like, this is a more mainstream project, right? Mm-hmm. This is something that is being aired in all theaters nationally, is has the backing of Universal Studios, mm-hmm. of Blumhouse, which is slowly becoming a horror household name, mm-hmm. if it isn't already. Absolutely. Uh, has has basically, like, posters plastered all over the place that this is supposed to be, like, the, the epitome of, like, a feminist take on horror. Yeah. And that one of the big things that it's touting is solidarity among women right you're not you don't have a final girl you have a final group of women that have stood together to fight off right this fraternity this fraternity this this evil i just i just realized something and now this movie's 10 out of 10 would watch again what her meta commentary 
which is the one thing that wasn't just like beating people over the head with. How many male directors has Jason Bloom come to and said, I have a title and you have six months, do everything. And so she forced it to speak against the patriarchy that is Jason Bloom. <laughs> You're right. You nailed this it. This is Sam's conspiracy corner. <laughs> <laughs> you watch. In three months, that's going to come out. She's going to like blast Jason Bloom about this shit after reading all the fucking reviews this movie's getting. But this is, this is the movie that's been kind of put on a pedestal for being the epitome of feminist horror this year. Right. When shit like The Nightingale came out earlier this year, mm-hmm. and I think is immensely more feminist right. than this, like, the, this this movie could be printed out on toilet paper, and The Nightingale wouldn't even fucking bother to wipe its ass with it. Like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> are, they, are they targeted at a different demographic? I think so, but I'm just saying, like, like, it's just a shame that this is the mainstream picture of feminism, I guess, I in think, horror versus like something yeah. that's underground that's so much more poignant, so much more nuanced. I think that this that more people won't see. Right. And see, I think that kind of like feminism almost is that the 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 feminism that I think that this movie is portraying is the kind of where as a badge of honor be as loud as you can about your feminism where okay. it's a part of your identity where it's like you can be more subtle and be a feminist you know what I mean yeah. where it's something like yeah you know I, like I, I think I think both are fantastic yeah it's absolutely there's just two different ways of looking at it yeah I, now that you say that I yeah and I, there's like some I, people I see what you're you know from. what I mean and some people are kind of drawn to that type of of activism and that's just loud, the, and the that loud and loud and in your face and that's who this movie's for it's supposed to empower women right this movie right. Although it doesn't really seem to be no, it doesn't seem to be doing a good job because I think anything. everyone can see through it. <laughs> but I think yeah, I think the fact that they're just sort of made for different types of women. And you know, maybe that's what it is. I I think you specifically said that college. Yes, yeah, college, college. Yeah, it's made for college age. You you said this doesn't speak to us because we're not college age girls. Whereas um, Palmer says, "Are we too boomer for yeah, this?" Yeah, I did. Ask, I did ask if we were too boomer for this film. This movie did make me feel old. I mean, the same stuff was happening when we were in college. Yes, absolutely. But there wasn't such right. a dialogue. The, the movement wasn't no wasn't there. But there, it was much quieter. Definitely yeah. much quieter. In the, I in feel the like it comes and goes. Yeah. it ebbs and flows. Right, like so. It definitely took place in the seventies, sixties, and seventies. We're in another resurgence of it now. Yeah. But when we were in college, it was just like the birth of the meme. Right. Was what we were living in. <laughs> yeah, we you know, too, like <laughs> we had cats on the internet. We had other yeah, things yeah, that we were yeah, talking about. We were about. too busy trying to like like fucking go to E Bomb's world and, <laughs> right. and, and just enjoy that segment <laughs> of our lives more than anything else. Yeah. Um how do you guys think this would have going back to something that I brought up earlier in the podcast, how do you guys think this would have been received? It was if this was named literally anything else. Do you think it would still have been shot down quite as vehemently as it is now? I don't know, because I don't know that, like like we were saying, who, who this movie is supposed to be targeted for. I don't really know that that group of people know too much about the original Black Christmas. So for them, right. it might just be a completely new movie. And the director's on record saying that this part of the reason it has a PG-13 rating is because it is targeted towards a younger audience. Right. And I don't think that they know what the original Black Christmas is. Although I've read mixed stuff that this was originally supposed to be R, and that's why a lot of the kills are so jagged in terms yes. of editing. Because things have been cut out. Okay. Because it's relatively Could bloodless. Be. Yeah. There's goo. Yes. But it's also not scary. No, it's not. 
which that's probably the thing that bothers me the most about it. Um, I think that maybe if you called it something different and put it out in the summer, I think it probably would have done better. Christmas movie in the summer. I don't think it even needs. I don't. I don't think this movie needs to be Christmas maybe. related. Yeah. Well, then change it to we're staying on campus over spring break in our spring semester of our senior year instead of we're staying over Christmas break. Yeah. Right. And you have literally the exact same movie. There was Black that, Easter. Although I did like that scene right, the, right in the beginning no, of the Bloody Easter. Bloody Easter. <laughs> I did like the the, the beginning um, when the the first girl was killed out in the, the snow. snow angel and she kill. did the snow angel. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But what do you guys... Sorry, go I was going to say, she could have done that on the beach in Jamaica <laughs> in the summer and it would have been the same thing. Yeah. What do you uh, What do you guys think could have made this film less heavy-handed? I don't know. I thought I've been, I've really been thinking about this a lot since I watched it. I think you could have maybe taken out a few scenes. I think they could have just if they would have axed the whole supernatural twist yes. and stood behind had the balls to stand behind the message that they were trying to make in the beginning. Yep. Um, I think if they would have cut out some of the dialogue. Yep. Uh. I think there are ways, for instance, to have a not all men scene that mm-hmm. doesn't involve literally saying not, not all, all men. men. Yeah, like you have to spell out what your scene is about. Right. Um, I mean, I I stand by the fact that half of the script was just pulling hashtags and buzzwords off of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really do cover the entire zeitgeist, right? They really do. Like every, there's not one sort of social justice issue that is not covered in this movie. Which is which is fine because yeah. I mean they're all important and like I I I remember saying that I felt like surrounding the whole Me Too thing that this movie was made a year or two too late, but it is important that it stays in the forefront of the current society right. um, and societal conversations. So you but think you this would have been better need... received if it was going on, like, the height of the Me Too stuff? Yeah. See, I feel like it would have been worse received. I think the people who were going to like it Could it be worse it received? Would... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, but I, I I think you're absolutely right. There, there are ways to get literally every single one of these messages of mm-hmm. toxic, toxic masculinity without being literal fucking goo. Yeah. Or... <laughs> Not all men are rapists without saying not all men and you didn't just not all men me. <laughs> or Believing for some women. reason having it only be the like non-white people who are like committed to trying to right wrongs. Is not Riley trying to right wrong? Well, I guess she's only Chris, because she's mean? encouraged well, Chris Riley, is the only one doing he's it. She's encouraging and... Riley to move on, right, with her life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, you know, the white male literature or mm-hmm. burn the patriarchy like there there's plenty of ways to get every single one of those points across without explicitly saying every single one of those things yeah yeah i, I think fi- the writing could have been better <laughs> yes <laughs> my final question for you guys okay um this movie made it very apparent to me that there is a a vast supporting group of people that really love the 2006 remake of this film. Right. Uh, or I guess sequel of this film. Um, I genuinely don't remember that being a sequel, by the way. That's just... 
I gotta go back and rewatch. Yeah, so it's supposed movie. to take place after the original, right? And they're living in the same house where. I, really <laughs> I have not seen it, so I'm sitting this one out. Uh, I'm not saying that you're wrong because yeah, well, obviously you just watched well, it. I, and but I, haven't it, seen I know it, they're but living I, in the I, same I, house. I don't know that it's a sequel to when the, I don't know if it's. A I, I I I don't I don't know. Yeah. I read something today that said it was a sequel. I don't know uh, if that's actually the case. I or don't not. know that I would consider it a sequel. Um. But there's a, a rabid fan base behind that film, considering the original film was also critically panned and right. proved to be a financial miss for everybody involved. Do you think that this version has a chance of being called a cult classic in another decade? Mm, it's too soon to tell for me, Palmer. Too soon to tell. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sam? My gut reaction is to say no. <laughs> Yeah, that's I'm, mine too. I'm not really entirely sure most people are going to be talking about this movie come 2020, and that's 10 <laughs> days away. That's true. There are parts of it that are really funny, but other than that, I don't really think there's anything too great about this movie. Yeah, like I feel like there's not... It's, it's boring, it's slow, it's poorly written, there's no kills, it's jagged, the storyline is subpar. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. The acting was okay. Yeah. I like it when and they talked about the acting was a little bit yeah. forced at points. I like that they talked about diva cups. I don't know. I feel like there was the the, the topics of conversation between the the sorority women. I feel like because of the modern take on it, some of the dialogue was funny. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. uh-huh. other than that, I don't know. I kind of there's nothing really about this movie that stands out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But I felt like that when I saw the 2006 remake and. Obviously, I don't remember it well enough to be able to say one thing or another. Yeah. Uh, it's got some good kills. But I really walked away from that one just not impressed. Yeah. And lo and behold, there's a whole mm-hmm. fucking uprising of people being like, no, you really need to rewatch the 2006. Like, fucking <laughs> during the Joe Bob thing, uh-huh. Darcy the male girl the entire fucking time was like, this is the boring one. This one is the boring no, one. No, 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 no. The original. She's oh. like, the 2006 remake is so much better. And I'm like... Okay. I'm nah, girl. I like the. T- I mean, I don't. I don't hate right now. the 2006 version, but it's no original. <laughs> Are we too boomer for this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I just don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I, what are we rating this? Oh, I don't know. Diva How many diva cups, cups are we giving this? Cups are we- <laughs> I love, I love that's exactly <laughs> what all three of us went for. We have three right options here. <laughs> we have three options of what to rate this out of. Okay. Diva cups, uh-huh. hashtag not all men's, right. or ham fists. <laughs> ham fisted diva cups. Ham fisted diva cups. Ham fist nope. pulling out the diva cups. Yeah. Just get all yeasty in there. Why not? <laughs> um, I'm going to give this two diva cups. Okay. All right. All right. What about you, Palmer? Two full Diva Cups. Uh, I'm with you, 100%. Two full Diva Cups. Time to change it. So I want to I wanna put a little caveat around mine. Okay. So He's about to give it a fucking five. Half full Diva no. Cups. He's about to give it a five. I already gave it a 10 out of 10 for her meta commentary <laughs> on Bloomhouse. Um, no, you mentioned Joe Bob, um, and he was recently getting heat on Twitter for his reaction to this movie mm-hmm. uh, when Bloody Disgusting put out an article that was part article, part interview with Safita Call. Um, what he said was, what I love about directors from the 70s and 80s is they had no political axe oh, to grind, right, right, right. no message, no social justification for horror. It was just, get a load of this great story, and I don't want to be told how to watch a movie. I knew most of them being the directors, and if they had a political point of view, it was subconsciously embedded. They were interested in story. Not one of them ever said, I'm making this movie to, quote-unquote, bring new perspectives, as call had mentioned in the interview. 
I disagree with him. Uh, I think that it's very easy to find commentary in just about any movie made in the 70s or 80s and even beforehand um, because usually they tend to be a reflection of current times. Right. That being said, this movie, I feel like, is a perfect example of message first, story second. Mm. Um, and to call came out, one of the things she said in that article or in that interview was that this movie is very, quote unquote, very, very loosely based on Black Christmas. I'd say the plot is extremely different. Mm-hmm. I think she would agree with the fact that this movie could have been named literally anything else. Right. Right. Um, I get it. You know, they're the ones getting paid to make this stuff, uh, and to each their own. It, the movie didn't do it for me. Um, I'm giving this one a one and a half. Mm. One and a half diva cups. Ham fisted diva cups. Ham fisted diva cups. Excuse me while I try to compose myself over here. I'm just trying to imagine trying to take out your diva cup with ham. ham. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our final score for this is a 1.833333333. That was an experience. Yeah. I have nothing significant to say about this movie, and I will forget about it literally next week. Yeah. This was not the worst movie I saw this year. No, it was not the worst movie I've seen this year. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's saying something. And I thought I was going to hate it. I thought I was going to give it zero. Today we learned we can't. we can't... Judge a book by its cover, Alex. I know. It I just, just can't happen. I found part this, of it to be endearing. This I is guess. what happens when we realize that we. I think it tried. It tried. It tried. It, tried. it, tried. it has a. It has a message. It's trying to get across. Yeah. It's just it, them damn ham fists. It's damn ham fists, and this is the day that we all learned. Boomer is not an age. It's a state of mind. It's a state of mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. That wraps things wraps things up. Um, this is our final episode of the the year. <laughs> this is it this right is here. It. <laughs> I just really realized this is what we decided one. to end on. Yeah. <laughs> this is our final it's episode. It's a Christmas here. movie. It is a Christmas movie. I uh, the week before Christmas. I want to thank everybody for tuning in throughout this year. It's been it's been a real pleasure recording for y'all, and and having you guys come along on the ride and the journey. Mm. Um, have a very safe and happy holiday enjoy yourselves get out there get your Christmas on get your Hanukkah on get your everything on get your Yule on yeah your your Kwanzaa Festivus your what are you Festivus for the rest of us yes Hanukkah don't you hate Seinfeld yeah but I you know (laughs) I can still I still get You hating Seinfeld and talking about Festivus is like Palmer mentioning fucking Mean Girls quotes. It just doesn't make sense to me. I at least understand the zeitgeist of Seinfeld. At least I understand what's going on. That's true. That's true. Uh, But yeah, we want to just let you all know that we we love you and thank you for tuning in. And uh, next year, as per usual, we'll be kicking things off with our, our top five films of uh, 2019 with a twist but we'll also be adding in our top 10 films of the decade oh my lanta uh, so we'll be picking because I didn't already have enough stuff to watch in the next three weeks <laughs> one, one film that best represents each year for the last 10 years of the past 10 years 
Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have to watch every movie uh, from the last fuck. 10 years. All right. Now I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's some homework for you guys while we're gone, while we're all enjoying our holiday. Write in. Let us know your lists. Let us know your top five films. Let us know your top ten films of the decade. Remember, only one film per year. We're genuinely interested in seeing what you guys come up with and uh, seeing where you guys take this because I got the feeling that we're going to see some very colorful lists. <laughs> yeah. I mean, There's I already a know. lot that has come out in the last ten years. The good thing is I already know what my movie for last year was. Because that's what I said was my number one movie when we did the top five. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, so one year down. There will, be, there will be some overlap. We can probably paint the last two years and pick put those <laughs> put those in our top ten. But, uh, you know, the, the it might be fun to kind of jump back and, and revisit some of the things that we probably have forgotten about. Mine from 2010 was rubber. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so is it 2010 to 2019? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, so we'll see how that all goes. Um, as per always, you can uh, reach us on the emails at castterranpodnito.com. We've also got a website, terranpodnito.com. Uh, you can follow us individually. Um, I'm Palmer at Sturmsworth. I'm Alex at A. Looters. And I'm Sam at Sam Heaves. You can follow the cast at Podnito on pretty much every major uh, social media platform minus TikTok. We're too and boomer for TikTok. What's that? Yip yap. Yip yap. <laughs> Catch me on yip yap, guys. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll see everybody uh, January fifth. Was that what it was? The uh, 9th. Uh, sorry, 9th. January 9th. January 9th. So uh, enjoy the next couple of weeks. We'll be back, bright eyed and bushy tailed, <laughs> to kick off next year. Bloody tail. Twenty twenty, <laughs> with a whole new outlook, and hopefully the same amount of followers. Take care, everybody. And as always, keep it creepy.